This podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Welcome to Better Late Than Never. My name is Dave and I'm your host. This is a movie podcast where sometimes I get a friend to check out a movie from a genre, era, or creator that I don't normally watch but want to explore more. This week I'm going to be watching a movie that I have never seen before, Shall We Dance from 1937. This movie is from a genre that is a blind spot for me. I would qualify that genre as old movies <laughs> or maybe uh, dance movies, uh, but it's also in the category of the Fred Astaire's Ginger Rogers dance movies, and um, I would like to explore these some more. So I am joined this week by my friends Eric and Emily. Welcome, guys. Hey. Thank you. And um, Emily, this movie was your idea to check out. Uh, so why don't you actually take this away a little bit? Why did you want to check this movie out? So you said you were interested in sort of movies from the 30s, movies um, that were dance related. And um, this was one of my absolute favorite movies as a child. I watched it over and over. This is like going to be like a peek into my childhood. Um, but this is something that I've watched probably, I don't know, 20, 30 times. Were you really into this genre of film? I was really into dance and musicals. Like I wanted to be a tap dancer and a rockette at one point. Mm. And I mean, I just remember growing up watching like just a lot of old musicals and um, 42nd Street is another one of my favorites, right? There's just a lot of stuff from that era. And um, I just really loved it and thought it was super fun. So if you're going to explore it, I was excited to be here and be like, hey, this is a movie that I loved and I haven't seen in probably two decades. Oh, cool. Is this one your favorite? This one was my favorite. I think we we rented this from the Potomac video like <laughs> 8,000 times um, and I was probably the only one renting it. Oh, I definitely had movies like that. Were you into like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers or? Yeah, probably more Fred Astaire than Ginger Rogers. Um, He's one that I sort of saw more of. Like, I never saw Ginger Rogers without Fred Astaire, but I saw Fred Astaire without Ginger right. Rogers. Yeah. I also feel like this is like, yeah, I, I mean, in terms of this style of movie where you head out towards like singing in the rain and stuff like that, right? This feels like, this feels like early on in that, in that genre. Like the prototype. Yeah. And I think that genre like probably peaked sometime in the, 60s or 50s and then i don't know when was singing in the rain like that's probably like oh, the culmination of the genre i don't know um, never seen it. i know it's in color it is in color yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen like the later stuff. So, you know, like Singing in the Rain, West Side Story, uh, Cabaret, you know, like the oh, yeah. the later musicals and movies with dance. But I haven't seen, you know, these older ones. I've seen none of the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, when I say old movies, I'm, I was thinking like, you know, pre-1940, I've seen very few films from, you know, anything earlier than that. So yeah. this is a good call. I think this will be good for me to get a window into that. Uh, did you ever wind up trying out for the Rockettes? I never tried out for the Rockettes because I am not tall enough and I do not have the appropriate leg to torso ratio. I am long torsoed and short legged and you need to be long legged to be a Rockette. Whoa. So I stopped tap dancing in high school. Do rockets? Do they need to have short torsos or long torsos? They just need to have really long legs, and they all have to be within like an inch or two of each other. Because their famous thing is the kick line, and so they all have to be the same height, and all their legs have to be the same length. So like, there's a very specific body type. That's crazy. (laughs) They yeah. I guess they must have like special dispensation to discriminate, basically, (laughs) because you know it's a very particular entertainment (laughs) so how old were you when you first saw this do you think i don't know i mean i'm guessing i was in the like eight to ten range okay but yeah one of my favorites Hmm. But did you own it or you just rented it from we Potomac d- Video? I think all we the time? just rented it from Potomac Video all the time. I did that with Ace Ventura. I probably saw that <laughs> 20 times. I always just run it from the video factory. Yeah. I also rented the Popples. <laughs> Wait, what? The Popples? They were like this animated, like kind of like gummy bears, but they had these little pouches on their back where they roll their feet into them and then they hop. Yeah, there was this one Popples movie that I just like. I rented. Well, it was a movie. It was. It was a TV show too, isn't it? I think it was like four episodes that like then became like movie length. I'm not sure it was a TV show. I'm obsessed with Popples. I can't believe it's one of those things that I'm not familiar with. Oh, you never heard of Popples? No. Oh, you might be like just two years younger than us, and that might be why you never saw it. It was a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it was something. It was something. But there were toys. So last time Emily had a surgery. She was like super wasted after the surgery, <laughs> as one and, is, yeah. and kept talking about how badly she wanted a popple. And kept <laughs> making jokes where the punchline was popple, and they were not funny at all. <laughs> they were not funny, <laughs> but it seemed like it to you. <laughs> and then I, I, well, I got her two popples yeah. for Christmas. Prize that smelled like smoke. I had to get them from eBay. They were super old. Oh, weird. I mean, I was super into like Care Bears and they're very similar. So. They're very similar, but imagine that. They just have a little pouch that they can like, like a kangaroo pouch. It's like the roux from a kangaroo, except away from the mother. Like, what, was it pouch. an Australian entertainment? Because I mean, no. like Fern Gully made it over here. I don't think it was Australian. Well, anyway, um, turning back to this movie, <laughs> you said um, you had uh, some particular questions related to this film that you wanted to ask us because Eric and I are now the uh, the guinea pigs yeah. on this one. So. What do, you, what do you got? So uh, my first question is, do you think there are any, um, there's any material or reference that's going to be relevant to the current day? Huh. I'm going to guess no. Relevant to the current day? Like, do they reference like modern politics or like future or like is like a Jetsons type thing? I, I would have said no. But now that you ask, I think yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a yes, no answer you're looking for. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you say yes, what do you think it is? Hmm. I feel like it's gonna be like Blade Runner now. That's just because I listened to the Blade Runner episode <laughs> last weekend. Okay. Well, I guess I guess it might be like racism or politics or something like that, where like things like that don't really change over time, despite people thinking they do. 
So I have predictions. So the way I usually do this when I have not seen the movie is that I write my predictions down. And then when I look the movie up to um, prep for talking about it later, uh, I have them written down. So the predictions aren't like influenced by that. But at this point, I've looked at at least the wiki page for this. So I do know that um, people there. I didn't look at it very closely, or at least I avoided the plot section as best I could. But I think I saw that there are people, there are characters in the film who are from Russia. So maybe there is a, a, the, the, uh, I mean, this is 1937. So yes, the Soviet Union exists. So they could be KGB <laughs> spies. Um, oh, it's pre-Vladimir. Oh, wait, would, how old is Vladimir Putin? <laughs> he could be some kind of ageless uh, there's monster. No way. I, I don't think he's that old. So I guess maybe like there'd be concerns about Russian spies. Maybe. Um, wouldn't it be Nazi spies in the 30s, though, that oh, we're most concerned point. about? I mean, we weren't at war in 37. Oh, but so I don't think they were. We're getting there. Oh, I mean, we're definitely obviously we're getting there. <laughs> we're we're worried about it, right? Hmm. No, it's a good question. All right. The other question I have is: Do you know any of the music? I didn't even know there was music. That's one of my predictions. I'm like, I actually thought there was no audio in this thing. I thought it was a pre-talkie film. Okay. Well, but it's a dance movie. Yeah. Well, so there would have to be at least some audio or well, sound. There's like audio, and then there's talkies. Because like they always have like do 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 oh yeah, like yeah plan yeah. and there'd be like a little frame with whatever they said. So I was sort of assuming it would be like big band music, um, okay. you know. So like <laughs> I was gonna do my impression of big band. <laughs> hey toots, how you doing? You wanna... <laughs> Shall we dance? I don't know, Mister. <laughs> I don't think I want to dance. Oh, come on. You know you want to. You're right, mister. Let's do it. You know, I, I was sort of thinking maybe something like that. Yep, that was excellent. <laughs> I like that. Oh, my prediction is that what Dave just did will be better than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I, I have to admit that one of the other things that uh, I, I had written down. So uh, a, a slight... Uh, addition that I've made to the format is hopes and fears that we have for the movie. And I think this is one that might be broadly applicable to all quote unquote old movies that I have is I'm a little afraid that it might be boring <laughs> because it's an old movie. Yeah. It, you know, they're usually kind of slow. And I mean, I do like musicals, like the ones I mentioned before. I like West Side Story, I like uh, Cabaret. But those tend to, I feel like those are usually the exceptions to the rule where like, I might be a little influenced by having had to watch a lot of high school musicals. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's like every year, like, you know, the senior class does, the senior class plays a musical and I had to, you know, the whole school had to sit through one of these goddamn things and they're always terrible. You guys didn't have to do that I feel like that, that is not school. a high school experience that I had. <sighs> there was a musical every year, but like everyone could audition for it, and you only did it if you wanted to be in the musical. Yeah, no, was, and I was a theater kid too, but I didn't do it because I couldn't sing or dance. Um, so anyway, but uh, yeah, just I don't know. So, oh, actually, I just realized that I have people in my life who were in those things who are probably going to hear this now. <laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> the player in sucked. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I also have a fear, which is that this is not going to live up to my high expectations and memory. Oh, no. 
I have a number of um, favorites from my childhood that I have revisited recently that uh, seen in adult light are problematic. Like what, for example? Um, like they didn't age well? Type yeah. Um, Kiss Me Kate and Seven Brides for Seven Brothers in particular were like <laughs> favorites of mine as a child. <laughs> like, whoo, those plot lines, man. Not so great. <sighs> Well, I mean, I think I think I can accept that because I'll be like making an exception for the, you know, the time that it was made. Uh, I I think for me, I'm more worried about like if it takes, you know, like three hours to go through what in modern times is like 80 minutes worth of plot (laughs) is where it might be a problem for me. But I guess we'll find out. So I definitely think that this is going to be awful (laughs) because just thinking of eight-year-old Emily loving this, she had a very limited um, selection of media to consume as a child. It's true. So uh, something that she was allowed to watch means it was incredibly tame. Oh, boy. (laughs) Like incredibly, like some of the things that she has not seen, I'm like, well, we can't like, my mom didn't like this for X, Y, and reason. I'm like, wow. Wow, yeah. she must hate me because I'm like these people. <laughs> yeah, the ge- the general rule was if you wouldn't invite these people into your house, why would you bring them in in like movie or TV format? Oh, no. So, so I mean. It's like Nickelodeon was them. like completely off. Yeah, we didn't watch Nickelodeon. We didn't have, I mean, we didn't have cable. You wouldn't invite a dinosaur into your house, but they make for wonderful entertainment when they're eating Dennis Nedry. <laughs> That was a little bit later, but like we wouldn't invite Homer Simpson into our house, so why would we watch The Simpsons? Oh no! Oh Emily, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I mean, it introduced me to a number of classics, though. I have quite a different set of movie references than than you guys. Well, it did set us up nicely to get a recommendation for this podcast, though. So it all worked out in the end. Perfect. Yeah. No, it worked out great. Yeah, so I definitely know nothing about this movie to the point where at the top of my notebook page here I wrote "Save the Last Dance." <laughs> then you're then at the very intro you're like, "We're gonna watch Shall We Dance," and I crossed it out and wrote "Shall We Dance." I actually have seen "Save the Last Dance." Kind Pretty of good. like it. Yeah. I've seen it like twenty times. Yeah, I had a girlfriend in the '90s who loved that movie, so I just like watched it a ton of times. I'm like, this movie's awful. It's actually pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. I've always sort of liked Julia Stiles. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I like dance movies. There you go. What's she up to? I haven't seen her. She was in the Bourne stuff. Yeah, but those are a while ago at this point. She's always on like the bottom of like CNN pages, being like, "Actresses who don't do anything anymore." She has like a picture of her, and I'm like, "But she does stuff." Like, yeah, those articles are always junk. So yeah, I never click on them. Maybe she's doing theater. Mm, Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Eric, do you want to? Do you have any like idea what the plot might be? Oh no, I have no. (laughs) I mean, I assume there's dancing involved. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Here's hoping that it's just a trick of a thing. Let's see. I definitely think it's going to have worse production quality than Wizard of Oz, but that's I think that's a given. Interesting. It's like the same year, and the Wizard of Oz was like incredible. Um, this is definitely going to be black and white. There's no way it's not. For the plot, what I I, I didn't have anything very specific. What uh, <laughs> very generally, my shot in the dark was guy loves girl. They fall in love through the power of dance. <laughs> They can't be together for whatever reason, and I put in in uh, parentheses class differences question mark. That's pretty good. And then at the end, they get to be together through the power of dance. <laughs> I mean, that's, this, that this feels like a safe bet, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. uh, yeah. 
I say nothing. Uh, I keep imagining like the King and I in my head because I feel like there was some dancing in the King and I. I haven't seen it, but like, there's a ballroom dance scene. There you go. I think this is definitely gonna be ballroom dancing. There is a song from the King and I called "Shall We Dance." Is it in oh. this movie? I'm not going to tell you. I don't know either. The, I don't know. I can. Yeah. Shall we dance? Da da da. On a bright something, <sighs> shall we fly? Da da da. Yeah. She's teaching him to ballroom dance. See, my grandfather That's from the King and I was super into musicals like that and my sister liked them, so they would always watch them together and like I would always just be off in the corner not participating. So I'm always sort of like kind of tangentially familiar with tons of musicals, enough that I recognize them, but I never know them that well. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, the King and I, I totally know that and then it comes down <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, can you name a song from it? Oh. I know he says etc. a lot. <laughs> it's true. I think I think I just know a lot of. The, I think I watched a lot of these as a child, um, and I listened to the soundtracks on tape. So you were watching this while I was watching The Shining. Yeah, and that I, gave me nightmares. I've never seen The Shining. Oh my gosh, yeah. The Shining was too scary for me. Yeah, yeah. I was. I'm really into horror now, and I think it might partly be because I was a huge pussy as a kid, <laughs> and I couldn't handle anything. <laughs> like it wasn't until I turned like 18 that I could even watch a horror movie. <laughs> And catching up on him. Um, do you have, Eric, do you have any clue on who might be in this besides uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers? I mean, I was just kind of wrote that down when you guys said it. I have zero idea. Did you all. know they were in it before no. we said it? I don't okay. know who they are. Like, where, I'm like, oh, really? Were they on the Mickey Mouse Club? I'm pretty sure the answer is Also, no. have you even heard of those two? I've heard of Fred Astaire. Okay. Um, I feel like he was in like some Grease songs, maybe. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, so I have one scene that I don't know is in this movie, but I've seen it and I I think could be in this movie. So when I was in law school, I have gone to law school. Um, uh, so actual trial court practice is not something that is uh, heavily featured in law school, but I did take a course on that. And the teacher in that class was getting to the point of teaching us about... Um, dealing with witnesses on the stand and so before that class started he comes out and he's like okay everybody here's a question who is the best dancer in hollywood history <laughs> and no one knew what to say we we're like john travolta michael jackson Fred Astaire. yeah well all of us were or gene kelly we were all, you know, our age, so we didn't know who Fred Astaire was. <laughs> so we, we all kept throwing out, like, John Travolta, Justin Timberlake, Michael Jackson, you know, and he got disgusted with us. Oh, yeah. And it was like, no, Fred Astaire. <laughs> and then we all Googled who that was, and we were all like, oh, of course. <laughs> and he brought out a TV and was like, I'm going to show you this clip from a Fred Astaire movie. And what the scene is, was it's Ginger Rogers. And she's in the middle of the room and she's standing still, not doing anything. And Fred Astaire comes up and he sort of starts dancing at her. And she keeps not reacting and he keeps dancing at her more until eventually she starts to kind of respond to him until eventually, finally, they start dancing together and the whole scene takes off. And it's actually pretty cool and the dancing's great. And it was a cool thing to watch. And, you know, scene was great in the end. So... To finish what he was getting at, he he then brought it back and was like, okay, in that scene, which of the two of them is the prosecutor and which one is the witness? Mm. 
and we're all like offering out different answers and our rationales and he said in the scene ginger rogers is the prosecutor because it's her doing very little that causes fred astaire to be the show like fred astaire is the star in that scene and you you know everyone's eyes is theoretically drawn to him and so the idea here is that you as the prosecutor dealing with a witness on the stand you don't want to be the star of the scene you want to do as little as possible to make the witness the star of the show you want everyone to be you know you want them to be you know doing everything and you to be doing as little as possible so that's what he was getting at and that you know there's a little lesson about uh trial practice that you can all (laughs) take into your everyday lives but um that's very deep thank you yeah it's, it was all so Jack Nicholson, Ginger Rogers, Tom Cruise, Fred Astaire. Jack Nicholson, he can dance. Dancers, few good men. Sorry. Oh. oh, sorry. I was like, I was imagining a courtroom this entire time. No one, no one followed me on that one. That's fine. <laughs> I was like, what's a famous courtroom scene? Few good men. Did you learn the code red? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think that this movie um, will prove that Fred Astaire is one of the greatest dancers of all times. I have heard he's good at it. Yes. Anyway, there's so a specific scene that I'm thinking of that I'll see if you guys, if you agree with me at the end. Well, maybe it's that scene that I saw for uh, maybe for trial practice. Um, and other than that, I got nothing else that I <laughs> I don't know what might happen in this movie. So I, I think I've run out of predictions. So I, as far as hopes and fears, I'm hoping because it's a movie that Emily likes, it's like an hour and twenty minutes long. Okay, okay. <laughs> but however, because it's old, it's probably two hours and forty five minutes. Yeah, because anything over an hour and thirty, like it's an hour and thirty-one, Emily just like freaks out and can't take it anymore. I would be surprised if it's more than ninety minutes, but like I said, it's been a while. It's a consequence of doing this podcast that I've started having that mentality where I start looking through movies, and if it's over ninety minutes, I've started being like, mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a you know the new Scorsese movie. I see three oh, hours like long. Three, yeah, so long. No thanks, <laughs> I don't care. I'm just. Yeah, I, I've lost all patience. Goodfellas <laughs> 3. Wait, there's, there's no Goodfellas 2 yet. Casino. Oh, you're right. That's totally Goodfellas 2. <laughs> I walked right into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, I guess in that case, we're ready to go. Does anyone have anything else they want to toss out before we watch it? Nothing here. No, it's great. All right, well, in that case, guys, shall we watch... Yeah. That's pretty good. Hey. (laughs) All right. We'll be back. This is the part where we're watching the movie. And now it's done. Okay. Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that I have a lot of things to say about this (laughs) film. And when I say those things, I'm going to pronounce them correctly. Are you? Did you just have a banana? Or a banana. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So I didn't know that that was that that song was from this. I've heard it a million times, and I, I, I definitely don't like that song. <laughs> no, this is the tomato tomato song. If yeah. people have either have not seen it, either neither neither. Yeah, that's from this. But so yeah. Um, well, uh, so Eric, I think. 
I don't want to say that um, all of my fears came to light because there was a lot that I did like about the film, but one of them that I think both of us expressed a little bit in the first part was that um, it might be two hours of movie with only maybe 40 minutes worth of plot in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a lot happens. Um, I think this was an episode of Frasier. I'm pretty sure I saw that <laughs> once. But were you bored? Yeah. Oh. Sometimes, <laughs> but not for the whole thing. I guess I wasn't bored. I I was bored and I was confused. Like I didn't know what was going on most of the time. Like I knew what was going on, but I didn't know like why it was going on or really how we got there. It's also a weirdly low stakes movie. Like the I guess all right. We'll circle back to that <laughs> catchphrase of the podcast. <laughs> let's um let's begin with a, what I found about this movie as background stuff which is that um, this is the seventh of the Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers movies. They work together on a lot of films. In fact, they made 10 movies together. 10. Yeah, so this is a duo that was uh, really famous and productive in their day. Made a lot of dance movies. Did you watch a lot of those? Uh, I know you liked this one in particular. but Yeah, I think I've watched some of the others, but for whatever reason, I kept circling back to this one. Yeah. Is this considered the best one? I don't actually know that. I just know it's my favorite. And it has some famous songs in it. Right. Um, <laughs> when I was checking it out, I didn't see any one particular one singled out as like the best one. So I'm going to put a guess out. Is it Top Hat? Is Top Hat the most famous one? That's the one I saw come up the most. So maybe. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Eric has looked something up. I, I am looking stuff up. Yeah. The first one I saw has Shelby Dance, number one, but I don't see Tap Hat at all, so I'm still looking. The other thing that I discovered when looking up this movie is that it has music and lyrics by George and Ira Gershwin, which, uh, you know, famous uh, the Gershwins. Yeah. Famous musical duo. So Shelby Dance is number four on this list, which looks like the nicest website. It goes Top Hat, then Swing Time, Mm. then Carefree, then Shelby Dance. I don't know Carefree. I hear it's better than this movie. Okay, well, we'll have to watch the other three then. Uh, Eric looks really excited about this plan. Okay, so uh, I looked up the director. The director's name is Mark Sandrich, which is so close to being Mark Sandwich. And <laughs> I just really wish it it made it the rest of the way there. But anyway. Yeah. Sandrich, sand, Sandwich. Let's call the whole thing off. (laughs) Well played. I mean, given a few of the other things Ginger Rogers says, it wouldn't be the worst mispronunciation (laughs) that she has. Well, we could get Cecil to spell it for us. Oh, my God. Another ridiculous joke that is beaten like a dead horse. That was like a family guy thing. It just kept going. But that that wasn't the joke. I was hoping it it was going to come back around. Never well, he did get that S. Yeah, and you yeah. didn't. That would have been funny. See, see, you should have written this movie. There you go. Yeah. Only you were there in 1937. Well, anyway, um, Mark Sandwich has directed <laughs> nothing else that I was familiar with, uh, but he did direct a bunch of the other Astaire Rogers films, including the very first one, which was called 
The Gay Divorcee. Oh, I've heard of that one, too. Okay. He also directed Top Hat, uh, Follow the Fleet, and Carefree, which was evidently superior to this film, according to what you saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another movie that I was maybe had heard of was called A Woman Rebels with Catherine Hepburn. Mm. But that was all I saw for this guy. So did anyone notice anything particular about the directing in this film worth mentioning? I don't know if this is directing but like the cuts between scenes is that directing or is that yeah i guess so. i mean editing maybe yeah but the director is kind of ultimately responsible for like that. a lot of nice transitions yeah there, there were, were a lot of yeah. nice transitions and i remember you saying Eric, flip book yeah that one was really poor cool. production value and i was like i didn't say bad. poor i said worse than wizard of oz sure because wizard of oz is like the epitome of of uh, special effects in, thir- in 37 but does wizard of oz have transitions from a still shot of someone's face to a moving shot of their face no, no it does not yeah. pretty good yeah, they had a couple of cool ones like that. So they had so the coolest one is the one at the beginning where they have the flip book that then goes into the actual action mm-hmm. shot of okay. Ginger Rogers dancing, which was really cool and probably pretty showy for the time. Yeah. Uh and then there's also um the photo in the newspaper of the boat that yeah. then becomes the live boat. So yeah. That one felt forced to me, but that was yeah. that was still pretty good. And it also wasn't as cool as the flip book one. You know, it kind of paled next to that. So there should. was at least one time where I noticed they didn't have good footage for a scene mm. or for a shot, but they kept using it. Hmm. Where it was like super grainy. I'm like, wow, that was not good lighting on that. They used it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's another thing about Mark Sandrich that we might not like, but we're going to get to that. But first, the cast. So there are other people in this movie, but I feel like our focus is mainly going to be on Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. So I'll start with Fred Astaire. He plays... Peter P. Peters. Also known awesome. as Petra. Also or known as Petra. Petrov? Yeah, Petrov. Yeah, Petrov. Petrov. Uh, yeah. Only Petrov. It's like Cher, but they the, don't have Cher yet. The pronunciation was inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> I think whenever he said it, he said Petrov, but he didn't say it often. How did Ginger Rogers say it? I don't know. Petrov. Is, is this like a Han Han situation? Oh, maybe. Either that or no one has to spe- knows how to speak with a <laughs> Russian accent. That seemed clear. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so obviously this guy is pretty famous for being a, uh, Hollywood leading man, especially in that he's a really good dancer. Yep. And singer. And singer. Yeah. Um, a fun and apparently very well known, uh, trivia thing about him is that in his first screen test, the note that came back from the guy who observed him, it went like this. Can't sing, can't act balding can dance a little <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah nice also uh, fred astaire says it was a little different uh can't act slightly bald also dances <laughs> yeah that's it that neither one is is flattering yeah either way a very not encouraging or neither one screen test <laughs> yeah. oh my god <laughs> just call the whole thing i call that career off <laughs> <laughs> call that whole career off um but so, according to uh, what Wikipedia said, Fred Astaire was known for having a high level of technical skill and a really good sense of rhythm. And uh, I'm just going to read this because it seems to get it you know, pretty well in a short amount of time. <clears throat> Astaire's execution of a dance routine was prized for its elegance, grace, originality, and precision. He drew from a variety of influences, including tap and other black rhythms, 
classical dance, and the elevated style of Vernon and Irene Castle. His was a uniquely recognizable dance style, which greatly influenced the American smooth style of ballroom dance and set standards against which subsequent film dance musicals would be judged. He termed his eclectic approach outlaw style. <laughs> an unpredictive and an unpredictable and instinctive blending of personal artistry. His dances are economical yet endlessly nuanced. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Outlaw style. Well written, yeah. Yeah. Did you <laughs> did you get outlaw style from that, Eric? Outlaw style? I don't even know what that means. Sure. <laughs> I don't think outlaws He was taking some chances. Outlaws don't wear their pants that high. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they do. That's pretty risky. Get yourself beat up around here wearing pants like that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but so uh, for the time, he was someone who was given an unusual amount of creative control over his projects. Um, he was an extremely demanding and workaholic uh, worker on his films. Ginger Rogers said there was no loafing on a Fred Astaire picture. <laughs> Legendary perfectionist but also apparently very open to collaboration and input from other people, especially from a guy he worked with a lot named Hermes Pan, which is a very cool name. Uh, his dances often included some kind of gimmick. So like what we saw in this movie, there's like the roller skates yep. or the shadows and the uh, the other one. Yep. Um, and then he came, he is often credited with two particular innovations in movie uh, dance uh Staging? Shooting and staging. Um, I'm not sure if it's the choreography per se, but like the integration of it into film. Um, and those are, number one, that they use uh, tracking shots on a dolly that would follow the routine mm. as it went on. And the idea there was to shoot with as few shots and as few cuts as possible. Yep. And so it would follow him as he went around and... Uh, what he said, his quote was, either the camera will dance or I will. Mm. And I can see that, right? Because if mm. it's sort of like the way we view uh, whether or not action scenes are good today. Like, are there a shitload of cuts? Or is it like all in one kind of seamless looking take? Yeah, because it's yeah. better when it's fewer cuts, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, at least to your eye, if it at least looks like there aren't a ton of mm -hmm. cuts. That's what people criticize with... Um, well, there's a lot of other things to criticize about Michael Bay, but yeah. like where it's all chopped to shit, it just sort of like yeah. looks bad. Yeah. And then, and you can't follow it very well. And then he was also adamant that the song and dance routines would be integral to the plot somehow so that they wouldn't just be simple spectacle. They also moved the plot along a little bit. So oh. I think we see that in this movie too. Yeah. I mean, there's the dance on the boat, which really doesn't. Yeah, which is didn't really yeah do anything. But his other ones are kind of like later with Ginger Rogers actually like you know do something to advance the relationship. So we see that. As far as straight acting goes, he got an Oscar nomination for being in the Towering Inferno. <laughs> I've seen that too. <laughs> oh, you're allowed to see the Towering Inferno. Yeah. I probably was allowed to see anything like pre-1972 or something. As long as Fred Astaire's in it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Anyway, so that's Fred Astaire. What did we think of him in this? He has a light bulb shaped head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the first thing I noticed. I was like, wow, look at that. Look at that head. You guys kept saying he had a long face and I didn't see that. I, I see mean, you horse. Both it. I see horse face. Fred Astaire yeah. walks into a bar and the bartender says, why the long face? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just I just saw the triangle head and I was like, wow, that's bald. And I feel like I've seen him in cartoons, like represented with that huge, mm, that huge forehead. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I just thought he was Fred Astaire playing Fred Astaire. Like for for someone who's seen a number of his things, I feel like he has a pretty consistent persona um, and style, particularly that dance style. Like, doesn't like it looks similar across movies. With both him and Ginger Rogers, I think both of them are such archetypes of classic Hollywood, like golden age of Hollywood, that even though I hadn't personally seen either of them in any movies, like I instantly recognized yeah. them and their characters and everything about them. So, yeah. Um, and, but anyway, I thought it was great. And the dancing, yeah. which I think we'll talk about as we talk about the yeah. movie, was great. So I thought he was just very goofy. I mean, that was the character. Just yeah. goofy. Yeah. But I liked that. Was, yeah. I, I did enjoy and it. And he was charming. Character. Yeah. Was oh, like, yeah. Definitely charming. That Russian character he did was not great, but whatever. Um, <laughs> not great, like not entertaining or not very yeah, Russian or both. all of the above. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about Ginger Rogers. Yes. Because she was fucking awesome. She was. Yep. And I don't know why as a child I didn't like gravitate to her more, but like. I definitely was like, ooh, Fred Astaire, and like, and there's Ginger Rogers. Well, her role's less showy. Like, yeah. Fred Astaire's, yeah. you know, it's sort of like what uh, my uh, professor said. Like, he's more of the star of the show. But I think maybe because we're older, we see more of how he is able to be the star of the show because Ginger Rogers is doing such great work of helping him to be that, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, so she plays Linda Keene, uh, an American modern dancer to uh, Fred Astaire's Petrov, who's this. And she uh, is from the South. She's from the South, yeah. Not a Yankee. Not, Not a Yankee. Yankee. Uh, Petrov is this uh, American posing as a Russian as part of a ballet company. No spies. No spies. That prediction <laughs> so was I never wrong. Out, like, <laughs> no Putin. Why was he posing as a Russian? I think because it sells better. You know, he's okay. part of a, the ballet company is Russian or yeah. is presenting itself that way. Um, and so, you know, because the Russians are associated with being good at ballet. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, in the 30s, would the Russians be like, yes, we are a Russian ballet company and this is our American star. Like maybe he couldn't make it in ballet as an American. Uh, probably still now. Even. But they didn't explain it. There was. No. Like, we're just, all just guessing. Yeah, everyone yes. probably just why he knew is. that. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a cool thing, uh, and I, I'd actually heard this before about Ginger Rogers, which was that, um, you know, because Fred Astaire is always considered, like, more of the star of these things, she doesn't get the same level of respect. But in a way, Ginger Rogers had the harder job, because Ginger Rogers always has to do everything Fred Astaire does, except backwards and in heels. <laughs> yep. And yep. so, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Although I will say, I don't think she got her own solo dance. She got a solo song. But she did right. not get a solo dance. Yeah. Which I think is also probably why eight-year-old Emily was like, Fred Astaire. So I think I just assumed she wasn't a dancer, which I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, because like she was just like the one not dancing while Fred Astaire was dancing around her. Except that yeah. like there were scenes when they would dance together, and it's like, oh, obviously they can both do these moves. Yeah. And Fred Astaire also had like a lot of different partners, of which Ginger Rogers was just the most prominent and yep. you know recurring, yep. where she is not as well known for her individual work. However, unlike Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers did win an Oscar for her acting. She won a Best Actress Oscar for Kitty Foyle, a movie that came out in 1940. Huh. And here's another thing I I read about her. She fought to get equal pay, even back then. Nice. So 
she wasn't just paid less than Fred Astaire. So Fred Astaire was the star and was on the top of the marquee and was also the choreographer for all this. So, you know, if you're fighting about it, that at least is on paper justifiable. But she was paid even less than some of the other people in these movies who were like billed below her. And so she got mad about that and fought about it. And so, um, yeah, even back then, that was an issue. And she actually made a deal about it. I'm not sure if she wound up, it didn't say what I was looking at. I didn't have time to get too much deeper into it. I do know that it caused problems for her, like it hurt her career and caused her problems with the studio. And it caused her problems with Mr. Sandwich, who (laughs) actually wound up treating her so disrespectfully later on after the relationship went bad that he got reprimanded by people in the studio and the letter that they sent him to stop being such a dick she published it in her autobiography oh wow yeah so sweet i yeah. like her She's yeah kind right. of a badass yeah so um yeah but so anyway so that's been something that's been going on even since the 40s or yeah. 30s At i least. guess yeah. yeah so yeah but anyway so their partnership was very successful obviously uh when later on you know after you know, they were both retired and everything. Someone asked Fred Astaire who his favorite was, and he never really, like, gave an answer on that because, you know, it's kind of a rude thing to say. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't. But he did once say, in response to a question asking who his favorite partner was, I must say Ginger was certainly one of the, you know, most effective partners I had. Everyone knows that. It was a whole other thing that we did. I want to pay tribute to Ginger we did so many pictures together, and believe me, it was a value to have that gal. Woo, she had it. She was just great. <laughs> oh, that gal. That gal, yeah. <laughs> and then this, there's this uh, quote from a man named John Muller talking about the Astaire-Rogers relationship, specifically the two of them versus uh, Astaire with other partners. Rogers was outstanding among Astaire's partners, not because she was superior to others as a dancer, but because, as a skilled, intuitive actress, she was cagey enough to realize that acting did not stop when dancing began. The reason so many women have fantasized about dancing with Fred Astaire is that Ginger Rogers conveyed the impression that dancing with him is the most thrilling experience imaginable. I buy that. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Fun thing. John Muller, reading the description of him online, an American political scientist in the field of international relations, as well as a scholar of the history of dance. That's an interesting CV. Yeah. That's an interesting mix. Yeah, Yeah, right? I thought that was cool, too. All right. So that's everything I had (laughs) and the people in it. All right. So... Uh, and did we want to weigh in more on just Ginger Rogers and as an actress and how she did in this? I thought she was great. She's got that 30s, 40s vocal thing, oh, like the, accent. the oh, yeah. accent that did, I'm like, did I don't just know. talk like that back then? I don't or was know. it just like, because I thought it was just, uh, who was Dorothy and Wizard of Oz? Like, Judy Garland. Yeah, I thought it was just the way Julie Garland talked. I thought she it was more like a Catherine Hepburn thing. But yeah, yeah, like. But they all talk like that. They all I'm trying to be like, did my grandmother that, talk like that? That's what I was saying too about like the two of them sort of like embodying these archetypes that I instantly recognized. And you know what? I asked you guys this uh, off mic, but I'll bring it up again. You guys know uh, 
Are you familiar with the television program My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Do you guys know the character of Rarity? Yeah. Would you say that Rarity kind of speaks like Ginger Rogers? Which one's Rarity? She's the one who talks like she kind of has this darling boutique. Oh, the the one who- The white one one with the purple. Yeah, 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 okay, yep. Yeah, no, I can see that. I think it's called the uh, the Mid-Atlantic accent. Oh, interesting. I thought I had a Mid-Atlantic accent in that I am from the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, Yeah, it might have changed over time, too. Like, they may have called it that then, but now it's, like, different- well, so my, um, I have a sister who's an actress and a sister who's a speech pathologist, uh-huh. and they grew up in Georgia, and so both of them have said, like, like my sister who's an actress was like, yeah, I had to learn to not have a southern accent, right? And they're like, yeah, the thing in acting, at least, you want to get that mid-Atlantic accent, because, like, mm-hmm. that's what, like, anchor women and, like, like actors all, they just sort of do this, like, mid-Atlantic accent, and it's like, do I have a mid-Atlantic accent? Like, sure, why not? <laughs> Say over to you, Ted. Over to you, Ted. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yes, next career. <laughs> all right, so uh, so the movie begins. Yes, it does. We get all the late motifs. We get really loud beeps. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. yes, basically a radio picture. Yeah. <laughs> 1930s Amber Alert. Emergency broadcast system. Yeah. And we start off in this Russian ballet school, and um, in Paris, in Paris, in Paris. And this guy starts uh, painting on a painting, like so. The owner has a painting of himself in the hall, and one of the valets is just like defacing it. And the owner walks in, and they have this angry exchange, and then like the the other guy's like oh i'm so sorry i'll take care of that and just starts wiping it off with a handkerchief can you fix a painting that way <laughs> i assumed he was using like a grease pen maybe it was dry erase i don't know <laughs> it's very futuristic well anyway so we meet the owner whose name was jeffrey baird and, and he's the manager of the dance company i think i don't know if he's the owner maybe he's the owner yeah well jeffrey wh- baird whatever whatever his position is he's a right dummy <laughs> That guy was awesome. Was, uh, I loved his scenes. Like he, when all those uh, ridiculous things were happening to him. He was uh, some of the best best parts of the movie, but he wasn't my favorite character. We'll meet him shortly. <laughs> I will say, just starting to get into that level of humor, like watching this again, I see why eight-year-old Emily liked it. Like it's very broad brush acting. There's silliness. There's nothing too complex about it, right? Like I Like... It's very accessible for yeah. a young person. It's very not subtle. Yes, it Ex- is not subtle. Except for one thing. <laughs> okay. Except for one thing. That is true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did not, I would not pick up until up this time. I wouldn't have video. picked up until I was an adult either. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, Jeffrey uh, goes and meets Petrov, who's actually Peter P. Peters. And uh, he's kind of sick of doing ballet. He wants to start incorporating some more modern stuff like yeah. tap. Woo. But... Um, Tap is an art, not in Jeffrey's eyes. Not at all. And I love how like like retro and old school this attitude is. Like, you can't be doing goddamn tap dance, this <laughs> modern frou-frou, not art bullshit. High society would never accept it. Ballet is the only true dance. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, so Petrov, uh, Peter has fallen in love with uh, this other dancer, Linda. 
and he has fallen in love with her because he has come into possession of a flip book which shows her, her dancing. dancing yeah and just oh man did you guys have flip books as a kid oh yeah yeah i had a ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze flip book what did it show uh i don't know, like raphael kicking something in the head or something like that nice i i got it out of a box of cereal it was excellent who was your favorite turtle donatello donatello mm, okay i think it was because he was the best in all the video games he did have a lot of range a lot of that reach. Bow staff. oh yeah, yeah. I always liked Raphael the best. Oh. Raphael is very popular now, but I'm going to tell you, I remember being a kid, nobody liked Raphael. Nobody liked yeah. Raphael. I thought he was a dick, because he's kind of a dick. I, I was the only one who liked Raphael. It's cool to like him now, and everyone claims him. I know everyone's lying. No, I thought everyone liked Michelangelo. Yeah, Michelangelo was the favorite. Exactly. Then the nerds liked Donatello. Yep. And then the real assholes like Leonardo, because yeah. Leonardo's an asshole. Yep. And he then had cool swords. Yeah, no, he was a I mean, douche. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would go for Leonardo now because I do like those katanas. But mm. you know, yeah, I was a Raphael guy as a kid, and I got made fun of, and I really resent people trying to ride that coolness now. Anyway, where were you back then? Where were you, <laughs> <laughs> fucking cowards? Anyway. Well, he was the worst in the video games. He had no, he range. had no range. Yeah. yeah, no, I know he was bad in the video games. I would never play him. I would take Donatello too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do meet Linda, and she has a little Me Too moment where yeah. one of her coworkers tries to lay one on her mm-hmm. backstage, but she pushes him into a pool. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's also presented as kind of being okay because he's French. Yes, and they don't know any better. Yeah, and then they follow her, and she's like, "I can't stand these people." Wait, it was presented that way? I thought you just said that. I think too. It was just the way he was. He was like. Oh, please, I am so French. I cannot handle my passions. He's like, like Pepe Le Pew. Like, yeah, kind of. It's fine. It's just Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, speaking of which, those cartoons, by the way. Pretty rapey. <laughs> yeah. <I know>. <laughs> they, they didn't age well. So uh, Linda goes up into her room and we meet her friend, Arthur Miller. <laughs> pre, pre-playwright. But uh, Arthur Miller. So this is something that would have gone 100% over my head until I was basically as old as i am now this guy is definitely like in that hollywood secret code kind of way presented as being gay he's coded as gay yeah yeah i would not have noticed at all if you didn't say anything neither would i i mean you did when but like (laughs) up up until like being a fully grown adult oh yeah yeah yep like if i'd seen this when you saw it emily like i never would have picked up on it even like probably well into college just all of those subtle little hints would have gone right over my head, you know? So, yeah, I, I was very proud of myself for, like, noticing that. So, way to go, me. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, very common back then, right? Like the I way- think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he is presented in what back then would have been- uh, He is presented as what would have been called back then a confirmed bachelor. Yes. Yeah. What, what's the first thing he says? He's like, Oh, Linda, we always, we, we would have ended up together, but we just never clicked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that was my first sign. I was like, what do you mean by that? You know, like when I was younger, I just would have taken that at face value. Yeah. But it isn't meant to be at face value. At some yeah. point later in the movie, she says something to him about it. She's like, your kind never does. <laughs> <laughs> like, Which she could be talking about people in management of entertainment industries. And I bet, like, if they're called on it, that's what that's they were what they'll said. Say. Yeah, but that's not what it means. That's definitely yeah. not what it means. Right. 
And so, and then, so then Fred Astaire shows up in his character as Petrov doing that ridiculous Russian accent and character. With weird made up words. I'm pretty sure Ochechonia is not actually Russian. Well, I can't guarantee it, but I'm just pretty sure. Real or not, it is obnoxious. <laughs> mm. I'm pretty sure this is where I felt like he was trying to neg her. Like, he's like, I came in, yeah. someone told me you wanted to dance with me, but like, I don't think you're good enough. You're oh, that's definitely what he was Yeah. Doing. He was absolutely nagging her then. <laughs> I think this could like legitimately be called negging the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we neg? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really dirty. <laughs> oh, there's a it, the accent does give us one really good line though, where he is saying to uh, Ginger Rogers, "Don't be a silly horse." Oh man, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> what's the end of that word gonna be?" <laughs> But anyway, so he goes home, and we meet this other ballerina, Denise, or Lady... Lady Tarrington? Yeah, yeah. She likes him, but he doesn't like her, but he doesn't have the balls to say so himself. And this kicks off the plot of the whole movie. <laughs> Very it's, low stakes. It's an episode of Frasier. This is how every episode of Frasier <laughs> works out. And someone doesn't have the balls to tell the truth, and the rest of the thing is just lying. The whole thing is that Fred Astaire doesn't like Denise... Can't bring himself to just tell her to fuck off. And so he asks Jeffrey to take care of it. And so Jeffrey is just like, he's already married. With five <laughs> kids. With five. No, the five kids, I think, uh, Fred Astaire came oh, up yeah, with. Yeah, it was Fred Astaire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> been married for four years, have five kids. Twins. What? Twins. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. What a blessing. Yeah. Um, there is a cool, so we get a, a quick little dance scene here where he's dancing to the record. And the record player keeps either skipping or slowing down, but his dancing is sort of matching that, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I did like that. That was the first moment when I looked over to watch both of you guys like watching it, and you were both kind of like staring intently, being like, hmm. fascinating, right? I was like, they're at least engaged. Yeah. No one's falling asleep yet. Well, because, so I have like no background in dance, and so I, I am not qualified to like talk about what's good or what's bad in anything beyond the most base like you know i thought that looked good kind yeah. of level but you know from that level i thought it looked really cool and you know it seemed like a neat idea to do so it was, it was well there's a, the gimmick right that your yeah. thing was referencing right? and, and i like that it's a creative idea for a scene so yeah. you know at least on that level i thought that was that was pretty neat so they wind up on this boat and uh Petrov and uh, what's her face? Linda Ginger Rogers. Linda, yeah. <laughs> Linda Keen. Linda Keen. They're both on the boat, and it's time for some flirting to start. <laughs> this was my favorite part of him doing the Russian accent when he was obviously lying and she knew it. Oh, and Jeffrey was there? Yeah. Like when they're first on the boat? Yeah. And she has her like super biting. It's just a game little American boys play. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she has a, a quite a few withering yeah. lines oh, yeah. in this yeah. film. She's mm. and she delivers them well. Oh God, I love it. Yeah, She's, she is the best part of this film. Yeah, I can see that. Like he he is the star of the dance scenes, but I would say that she carries yeah. the actual acting part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after this, we get our next big dance scene. Uh, Jeffrey tells uh, someone who's looking for Peter that he's off practicing that jiggling somewhere <laughs> and we find him below decks with 
all of the black employees of the boat who are in the boiler room. Mm -hmm. A very clean boiler room. A very clean boiler room, yes. But they are on a break or, you know, some of the some of them are working, some of them aren't. But they're having an impromptu sort of like jazz singing and dancing moment, as one does. I think Titanic had a similar yeah. similar scene. Yep. Right. With right? The Irish. They had a drinking. below decks a below yeah, decks yeah. party anyway. But Petrov is there yes. because you know he's a man of the people. Yeah. And we get this really pretty cool dance scene, um, where again the gimmick, but I thought it was pretty neat. He dances uh, against shadows against the wall and the machinery of the boat yeah the rhythm of the machinery yeah i thought that was pretty neat too so can i can i jump in here with a little bit of um nerding out about this so so for me this was one of the parts that i felt like probably aged many things didn't age great but this one in particular is um had a very sort of cultural appropriation vibe Mm -hmm. moment and I think that's because, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate. I was I was Googling to make sure I'm not out totally on a limb here. But um, tap is um, sort of credited as being an African-American invention. So it comes from like tribal, like um, rhythmic dances from Africa and then gets combined with like flamenco and like Irish step and stuff like that. But like you see its emergence in like minstrel shows and then vaudeville. And so like this just struck me as very... Um, Elvis Presley bringing like blues and rock to the masses. I'm like, oh, this is Fred Astaire being like, and now there's a white man doing this this art form and doing it well and making lots of money while you guys all stand behind him and play the instruments and cheer at how well he's doing. Oh it. yeah, he's so good at it, right? Right. Yeah. No, that was the first thing I thought once because when the scene starts i thought it was just gonna be like this is a, a glimpse below decks but then once i saw fred astaire was there and that he was gonna start taking part i was like uh, uh-oh <laughs> and that's where it went yeah and so i was like okay uh it wound up being a cool scene and all yeah, but then totally it, it wound, wound up being exactly as you described yeah and i thought he really upstaged them as i'm like <laughs> they're about to play we'll play this number he's like i'm gonna dance and he's like takes it away and i'm like what a dick well first he was like oh you sang a verse here i'm gonna sing another verse and i'm gonna i'm gonna do it better yeah well yeah. right it's just like here's this white guy who's gonna steal the limelight yeah yeah so you guys do that yeah um as far as the optics of it it's not great but you know that's yeah. 1937 for you yeah yeah so uh, i'm glad that you actually had something on that because yeah. beyond just noting it i didn't really have anything more yeah i mean i think that's why i think there's a famous video of um a uh, later tap dancer gregory hines who like a lot of people consider like one of the best tap dancers ever who is also black um and like it's him and like a superimposed thing of like fred astaire and like comparing their styles but like it's it's like a weird interesting journey from like the origins of tap to like Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly back to like Gregory Hines. Um, mm. I don't know. It's an interesting viewing. If anyone wants to look it up. I do actually. What was the name? Uh, Gregory Hines. I remember he was in like a lot of commercials in the 90s, yep. 80s and 90s. Yep. Cool. 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 While they were below deck, that was when I first really noticed the clothes that Fred Astaire was wearing. <laughs> That I mean, because I've been looking the whole time, I'm like, yeah, whatever, their suits, their suits, their suits, that's bad. <laughs> that was the next thing I want to talk about. So, those pants, huh? Yeah, the, the pants were very billowy. It was very, like, Tiger Woods circa 1990, or late 90s, rather. 
yeah. Where on his torso would you say his waist was? I mean, Wait, those, well, the, those the, waist, the waist line. The, the waist pants. was on his actual waist. Yeah, it was but, like around belly button. Right? I would say it was above his belly. Well, button. your be- your waist is like a quarter inch above your belly button. Yeah, but like the pants, I would say stopped probably at his solar plexus. Yeah, so the belt, the belt might have been solar- a bit. There was like two inches of pant above the belt. That was the thing that was the killing belt me. Was so weird looking, <laughs> and the tie stopped there. Yeah, the very the, short the tie. Tie is supposed to stop right at the uh, belt. Well, I know, yeah. but the pants aren't usually that high. <laughs> so, <laughs> at least in my experience, they, they were it, very, it resulted in like a that, very when short did that tie. Change? Like style wise, because you're supposed to, you're supposed to wear your pants on your waist, but yeah. now we wear them on our hips. Yeah, I don't no. know. Yeah, you're right. I don't know when that changed. Sixties, maybe or fifties, because I I think I've seen. You know, I I'm I'm thinking of uh, John F. Kennedy. And like that guy's wearing his suit correctly, so. But if you, like, I'm, th- I think the movie Ghost, Patrick Swayze has him way up here. Hmm. Like it definitely changed a few times. Yeah. There is something. I feel like there's something structural in pants from back then. I don't know if it's like they didn't have belt loops or something, but that look of the exposed, um, the extra pants above the belt. I feel like it's because like you have the belt cinched and then you've got like extra pant, like you need extra pant up there because that's what's holding the pants up. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's all, it's all like tightness and friction, not like loops. Emily, you also noticed something uh, about the shoes. Oh yeah. So he's wearing white shoes, which Eric pointed out was like a weird choice with the outfit. Um, I found it was impressive in a black and white movie to have clothes that clash. <laughs> like, wow those shoes clash with that shirt well done sorry go ahead no but so i my suspicion is that he was wearing white shoes because he was dancing on a black floor and they wanted to you to be able to see his feet yeah i i like that explanation that makes sense but his outfit should have matched better with those shoes i'm like this looks ridiculous <laughs> i mean unless they just really wanted to highlight his feet right like oh i mean they definitely yeah. wanted to highlight his feet i mean don't change the shoes Change, the, Change outfit. the outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, speaking as someone who's really bad about wearing clothes that clash, I don't want to give him too much, too much guff about it. So I know she wasn't in this scene, but can we just talk about Ginger Rogers' clothes because oh they were amazing. Die for. I want all of them except for that weird nightgown thing. But everything yeah, else, the nightgown was too frilly. <laughs> so but frilly. Two outfits in particular. Um, uh, the dress she wears in the scene yes we'll get to yeah. uh when they're dancing together with the flowers the big yeah flowers. the flower dress and then there's a black dress with a white kind of graphic design that looks like either yes. flowers or very skeletal hands yep later in the movie that i just thought was exquisite yeah, yeah she looks freaking fantastic throughout the film i actually drew a little picture of like the very first dress she wears with the like i'm assuming it's gold but the fringe and it's coming like it's got a gold lame top and like all this fringe i was like oh my god i want that dress yeah and the uh, the bottom of it was not it was it was like almost like beaded curtain yeah yeah, that yeah. Was, that was oh yeah cool. that was cool when she did the spin in it and then uh and yeah on the came panel. apart that was cool <laughs> yeah, yeah was so neat. the first dress i or the first outfit i recall her shirt had a bunch of little what looked like cotton balls. Oh, yeah. It looked like a motion capture thing, mm-hmm. which looks mm-hmm. really bad now, but back then it probably looked fine. Well, that was, I think, because that was the show that she was in where she then pushed the guy in the pond. So I'm yeah. guessing that was very costume of yes. like, but yeah, it was not, that was, I don't want that outfit. Yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for me, I, I do like the fashion of the time. The only spot where I think it goes wrong is when they go too poofy in the shoulders and yeah. the arms. 
But so long as they don't do that, I think the fashion's great. Actually, you know what I think her best outfit was? I take it all back. Her best outfit was the roller skating date outfit. Yeah. Very, like, tight black incognito-ish, but, like, it looked real cool. Yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah, so great fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So while all this is going on, we get um, a subtly homoerotic... Uh, hangout <laughs> session between Jeffrey and Arthur mm-hmm. where Arthur drops the line to Jeffrey to tell you the truth I don't know you well enough to tell you the truth yeah <laughs> he's like do I look good yeah and I was like oh man uh, and also like Arthur is like keeps like trying to get him drunk all yeah. night and it's just like <laughs> and then the next morning like Jeffrey is hung over and it's implied that like he's done something the previous night that he regrets and doesn't want to see <laughs> Arthur <laughs> Arthur walks in he looks over and he's like ugh what did I do last night anyway I just thought he was sorry okay so maybe this is still eight year old Emily I thought he got really drunk and was puking over the side of the boat <laughs> Oh, that, I mean, that's, that's definitely, definitely plausible. that's definitely what it is, yeah. like, superficially, but I think if you really want to get tinfoil hat about it, yeah. you could also read it that, like, it's you coded. know, they got drunk and banged, yeah. and he doesn't want to think about it. And Arthur's like, hey! Morning, honey! <laughs> <laughs> so this I, was the first time that Jeffrey had a gag played on him. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Peter, or Petrov, whatever yeah. his name is, was acting like the boat was rocking. Yep. And I'm doing like, it this now. This is a really weird gag. Why is he falling for this? Then they did it like three more times. Yeah. Does God. anyone feel seasick? <laughs> no, because I'm not I'm an moving. idiot like Jeffrey. But I'm rotating. Ugh, or wobbling something. Yeah. Um, so Peter realizes that the way to a woman's heart is through her dog. Absolutely. And this so- was the best part of the movie, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming up. Well, so he uh, bribes one of the uh, employees of the boat to give him another guest dog that he's caring for so that he can join Ginger Rogers at the dog walk uh, section of the boat. The dog is huge. It's the size of a small horse, basically. Um, It doesn't work at first, but then he realizes that if one dog doesn't work, try it again with lots of dogs. All the dogs. All the dogs. (laughs) And he comes back and finally starts uh, breaking through with her. And, uh, you know, they start actually uh, enjoying each other's company a little bit. Yeah. So I will say this is the other part of the movie that like really didn't age well for me, (laughs) which was the like when he's there on the deck walking the dog and like literally walking right behind her. I was like, yeah, if some guy on the street just started walking right behind me, like, I'd call the fucking cops. Yeah, like, super weird. It was so stalkerish and so awful. And I was like, I feel like I've been in that, like, this is so uncomfortable. Someone is up close to me. And I do feel like this is part of the Hollywood trend on, like, yep. normalizing behavior like that, right? Yeah. Oh, look, she ended up with him. Yeah, it's like the, the lesson up and I mean, probably still, but, like, certainly up until the past few years has always been the thing that she'll find attractive is your persistence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or that you'll win her over in the end. Yeah, it, it's just going to take that one last incredibly romantic super gesture <laughs> that she'll finally realize that you love her <laughs> and sh- it'll like break through her icy exterior and melt her heart, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just going to take, it's just that one last gesture is what's finally going to do it. It's teaching <laughs> you the wrong lesson, yeah. apparently. <laughs> Who knew? So uh, I did like during the dog scene, she had a line which I did not write down. Where she was like, dogs can tell bad character, and the dog barks at him. Yeah. And then the, the loner dog also barks at him. And that was, hands down, my favorite part of the movie. I'm like, These, we need more dogs in this movie. Less dancing, more dogs. 
<laughs> ladies, dogs fucking love me. <laughs> In the 1937 version of Twitter, over the Morse code on the boat, it comes through that uh, Petrov is married, and it soon is all over the boat that Petrov is secretly married, and everyone assumes it's to Linda. Because well, they have a newspaper on the boat. Yes! <laughs> it's, it's the boat bulletin. They they Well, all I know is that like they wake up in the morning, and everyone's running around being like, do you see this in the paper? It says that the two of you are freaking secretly married together. And I'm like, where is this newspaper coming from? No, they're on a fucking boat. They said it's the bulletin that they publish every morning on the boat. That's a hell of a boat. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's I can see. Boat. I can see it. I mean, Pretty it is a fancy poor boat. journalism. Oh yeah, I gotta I say. I mean, that bulletin is basically like a. Tr- that is a tabloid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, what a rag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they should sue. But yeah, oh, not only it, it is Twitter, not only yeah. does it say that they're married, but it says that she's pregnant. Yes. <laughs> she was knitting a sweater for her dog. Oh, that's right. So so I will say, this is where I felt like there was relevance to the modern era. Uh, so it wasn't <laughs> like, Russian spies then. No, but it was like, it's like celebrity gossip and like, are they together and like paparazzi, like, there you go. like mm-hmm. they were yeah. like, they're like Benefer. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, bringing I, it back to Gigi. Oh my god. <laughs> they are so benefit. <laughs> Will they, won't they? Are they broken up? I don't know. Jesus Christ. And then in the end, they're in some kind of ridiculous vanity project together. Yeah, right? That I'm sure everybody hated. <laughs> so, um, it comes out. Uh, <laughs> she's mad and refers to him several times. He gets referred to as this derogatory term toe dancer yeah i just love that there's this like dance word slur for people who use <laughs> get out of here you toe dancer <laughs> uh oh and then uh jeffrey comes in trying to explain the thing to her and he's like uh yeah he just wanted to get rid of this woman denise by saying he was married to someone and he figured that a person like you wouldn't oh, mind man. that was awesome yeah great job jeffrey jeffrey's terrible and then arthur walks in with a very chipper good morning little mother <laughs> great line get something thrown at him it smashes a window and she decides to leave the boat entirely by seaplane yeah and I will point out, she has had this plan this whole time that she's going to go back to New York and marry this guy, Jim? Jim Te- Harrington? Tex? Tex. Tex Harrington? Whatever. I thought it was Jim Montgomery. Uh, sure. You Jim kept calling Montgomery. him Tex, and I'm like, no one's calling him Tex. I think, I, think, I think his name was Jim. He's got a long yacht and a short chin. Yeah, he has the longest yacht and the shortest chin, according to Arthur Miller. Now, I liked Jim. I thought he was <laughs> Jim was a good funny. guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He had great facial expression. <laughs> yeah. No, whoever played him was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Um, but well, so anyway, so she does take off and she goes back to her place in New York, which is in a hotel, I guess. But wherever yeah. it was, it was fucking nice. <laughs> oh, my God. That that like sweet, such high ceilings. They went on forever. They did go on forever. <laughs> like you said, I believe probably because it was on a soundstage. <laughs> Nonetheless, <laughs> very high. Yeah. Oh, so nice. But. Then um, fucking uh, Fred Astaire gets to New York and he winds up in the adjoining suite. But that's a problem because if they're not married, <laughs> the floor manager of the hotel yes. has to block the door. <laughs> and thus starts this like recurring thing of him 
not knowing if they're married or not, and either locking the door between their suites or giving them the key, taking it away, changing the lock, giving them the key, back and forth, back <laughs> and forth. But I just love that in this is like two people in their like 30s or 40s, in the 30s or 40s, <laughs> and this random man has taken it upon himself to like supervise their relationship. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we can't have the two of you passing between rooms. It takes a village to raise a chaste young woman. <laughs> <laughs> They're only looking out for her honor. Who is this guy? He's Cecil Flintridge. Oh, that's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cecil. There's a long exchange involving Cecil. that, too. Yeah. Yeah. We did miss the gag when they were on the boat um, for Jeffrey when they did the fire drill. Oh, yeah. And got him to run on deck with only his underwear on. Yeah, and like a bunch of gear, no pants, and a fruit basket. Yeah, and, and a very jaunty, clubs. jaunty top hat. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. That was great. It was funny. Yeah. Um, there was another uh, subtly uh, homosexual line from Arthur too, where they're talking about another guy, and they're like, you know, something, something. You should think about him. And he's like, I think about him constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so now they're both back in New York. We finally get some big band music, like I was predicting, <laughs> and. We get the scene. The scene I was talking yeah! about. Yeah, yeah. That was good. That was a good scene. Nailed it. I can't believe out of all of the movies, this is the one that has the one scene I've seen before. This one is the best. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really cool dance scene. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, it's Ginger Rogers. Uh, she doesn't know what to do at first. Fred Astaire's dancing at her. She's like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, just dance with me. Yeah. And they fucking do it. And it's really good. I will say, though, and this is kind of the problem that we were alluding to earlier, this scene, as good as it was, or maybe because it's so good, this is what made me think of it, it's an hour into the movie. <laughs> there should have been more scenes of this, or at least, like, less door-slamming farce and more dance, or, like, just less door-slamming farce, like... I definitely agree with that. There should have been, like, much as I joked, there should have been more dancing and a lot less like No, this. the dancing is the best part of the film. Yeah. I yeah. liked those scenes a lot. I could have used more of it, and the rest, you know, some of the rest of it was a little slow. It's a two-hour film. Could have been a tight 90. <laughs> <laughs> well, because right after that scene, it was just, like, them, like, Jeffrey... And the other guy just BSing again. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why aren't we watching more dancing? Well, hang Except on. Except I take that back because of what actually ended up happening was good Yes, scene. to be fair. Because but when they cut, I was like, what is this? I know. More dancing. But, well, yeah. But so, so the dancing was awesome, though. Yeah. And she's wearing that gorgeous dress. So gorgeous. And yeah, so, uh, and the dancing is best, too, when it is Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers together. Because yes. there's a bunch of dancing that's just Fred Astaire. And like, that's good. But like, the two of them together, there is something kind of like magical for lack of a better word about like the two of them in sync together it's great i feel like they tell a story together whereas fred astaire by himself is like great technically and like ha but like it feels a little bit like someone showing off yeah yeah exactly just showing yeah. off and like what's the point of this well it's like you need a foil right like you yep. need like you have to have yeah some sort of interaction and some like reflection right yeah and and i don't know she brings something to the table that he doesn't have on his own and yeah just the two of them have this je ne sais quoi that yeah. comes through on the screen so well it's great the screen sparks and crackles with <laughs> chemistry <laughs> it's delightful um but so after that we cut to arthur 
who has a plan that's so dastardly it's beautiful. <laughs> Great line. Because he wants the two of them to get married. He doesn't want... I didn't understand this. Maybe one of you guys can explain what's going on here. I think he just doesn't want her to marry Jim because she said she's going to leave um, in the entertainment industry if she marries Jim. I don't know that he actually wants her to marry Peter, but I, I think he's like, as long as it's not Jim. Right. Um, and she's his meal ticket. So yes. that's why if she stays in the industry, he'll still be financially okay. Yeah, he runs a club on the rooftop of the hotel where he said they haven't put on a dance show since she went over to Paris because no one else could like open it the way she can. So like he's like kind of been losing money while she was off doing whatever she's doing in Paris. Gives him a reason to be a troublemaker. Oh, yeah. yeah. And troublemake he does because what does he do, Eric? <laughs> This is when he he gets to the mannequin yeah. that is really spooky looking with a really ugly negligee on. <sighs> very, very <laughs> lacy, fluffy. And something. stages this mannequin on the bed where Peter is sleeping and takes a picture of it. Well, and also, I mean, this isn't it just a mannequin. Freaky. It looks, it's freaky because it looks exactly like Ginger Rogers. And, and her he... head comes off. <laughs> like they just, they just like be like. Here's this headless mannequin, whatever. Then here comes Ginger Rogers' head. It's it's so real. I didn't think in the 30s they could do this. Well, yeah. didn't they have like wax museums? I guess it's so. Like, so it's like it's like they got. And the other thing is, you should probably separate them because you don't want to get the whole like wax body. You can use any friggin' mannequin. You just need the head to look mm-hmm. like Ginger. Yeah, Rogers. But it was just weird because it was headless. It was just like whoa. Yeah. No, what's totally. going on here? It's just it, it is it is really freaky how much it looks <laughs> like her, uh, and so they use it. To stage a boudoir photo, they break <laughs> they break into Fred Astaire's room, set up Ginger Rogers' mannequin next to him in bed, and take, by the way, using one of those old school, like, I'm holding the, the flashbulb in my other hand, and it makes a sound like a, you know, like a plush. And a giant flash. Yeah, they keep it silent, but you know that thing was incredibly loud. And they take, like, five pictures with it. And then they send it to the newspaper, and it's like, proof that they're married! <laughs> and it causes a scandal. And <laughs> so ridiculous. I I just loved it so much. <laughs> but that's when they finally sort of are on, like, the same page. They're like, well, what are we going to do now? Like, what I can guess we, we got- do? Well, what can we do? We're going to go on a date. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's like, I've got an idea. Let's go out with the. Let's take the freight elevator. Meet me out back. And then they just go on a date in Central Park. That's not a plan. (laughs) It seemed like a nice date. Oh, very nice. Very nice date, yeah. You know, they go to the zoo. He takes her rowing. The menagerie. Oh, that's right. Yes. And then they go roller skating. And while they're roller skating, they sing a song. Yes, they do. Oh, yeah, they do. So this, uh, this is the the song where it's uh, you say either, I say either, you say neither, I say neither. I didn't know it was from this movie. <laughs> that was a very unpleasant surprise. <laughs> I knew it was from this movie, and I was like, if there's any song they know here, it's gonna be this one. Well, because yeah. you asked us during the like end track in the very beginning, like, do you recognize that song? And we all both listened, and it was after it. I it think. was no, it was a different song. It was a okay. different Gershwin song. Okay. Um, and I didn't write them all down, but there's the um, the beginner's luck song. I feel like I know, and there's the um, uh, oh, can't take that away from me. That's what oh, was yeah. playing at the beginning. Okay, the way you hold your hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also thought at the beginning they played for a minute the like 
the the music that represents you're in the city now that like yeah 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 so i definitely thought the audio quality was very poor i mean it was from the 30s the audio quality is poor like it was pretty standard for the 30s but i was just like first thing i noticed i'm like this is bad yeah yeah i kind of felt like i'm not digging the movie it's just how it is i didn't notice it beyond what i sort of expected for the time you know what i mean Mm -hmm. No, yeah, it was just, it just is, it just is bad. What I did notice, though, was that there are more verses to this song than I had realized. (laughs) And there are some words beyond either, either, and neither, and neither that I was not. tomato, tomato, potato, potato, potato. potato. Right. Those were the four that I knew. Everyone knows those. But did you know, Emily, that you can say laughter as lofter? (laughs) I knew that from my childhood, but I've never actually heard anyone else say it that way. How do you say Havana? uh havana oh now have you ever eaten the fruit that is yellow and you peel why you mean a banana i don't (laughs) 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 lastly and most egregiously emily yes i would like to ask you have you ever had an oyster no but i've had an oyster what the fuck are you talking about i don't know what are you talking about (laughs) what is an oyster idea i Who thought it was says, a new england thing it's not a new england it's, thing. i mean new england has worse things than that but i've never heard anyone say erster it's true <laughs> you say oyster i say erster and she had a what? she had a ridiculous look on her face when she said it She's yeah erster like, yeah. yeah there's the mouth speak because it was very the er, it was erster it was very like, a like look on her face yeah it was back in the back in the cheek it, what I, i've never heard it were they? Did they just like run out and they were like, "Well, we got to put in something." I don't know. Oyster, oyster. We're done. Send me home. Well, when you say it like that, it actually sounds plausible. Oh my god, <laughs> was that, that was like a weird New York accent. <laughs> oyster, oyster. It's an oyster. It's an oyster. It's an oyster. 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 Did I fix it? I think you did. I think you justified it. Now. Oh Jesus! I hope not. <laughs> I will never say it. But I, I just I don't even like oysters, I, much less oysters. <laughs> no, oysters are disgusting. You don't want one of those. Have some romantic oysters. <laughs> I, ne- I ne- nearly fell out of my chair. I just like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ginger Rogers? What are you talking about? I Nobody was, says that. I was just dying laughing because as soon as the song comes on, both Eric and Dave were like, oh my God. Are you ki- Oh my well, God. Well, Dave knew it beforehand. Yeah. As soon as it's like, either? No, I say either. Like, oh, they yeah. just said it and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, and I, no, I, like, I looked up and what? I was like, no. what's going on? And I like rolled on the floor. Like, <laughs> no. It's happening. And also just like, I realized that like, it's Ginger Rogers voice singing the song. Yeah. Like I, I realized that it's, that's who's singing it. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is this. Um, <laughs> also, she pronounces other things wrong during the course of this movie. Uh, talking to someone later, she mentions that they are being very secretive. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It's not just funny, Eric. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, what's it being secretive about? I felt like it was sexual. I'm not sure. Maybe I just well, maybe she was... was talking to Arthur th- about his lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> I think she was talking... No, she was talking to Pete about um, Lady Tarrington. Oh, like yep. she didn't know about her. Was she was like, secretive. oh, you've been being very secretive. <laughs> yep, that's exactly <laughs> she, what was happening. She's there. basically saying that they were banging. Ugh. <laughs> so anyway, but so after this terrible song, there is actually a really awesome scene, which is that they do tap dancing on roller skates. Yeah. Just fucking dope. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it was very slow tap dancing. It was. Because they had roller skates on. Right. But well, it was still awesome. And you looked hard as shit. Yes. Which is what was cool about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. This is the scene that I was that I feel like proves just like how excellent of dancers they are. I'm like, yeah, they did that. They did that on roller skates. Oh, yeah. I, I would say that's probably the best scene in like the movie. Old timey roller skates. Either. Yeah. That attached to your shoes, right? Oh, is that what? They were attached yeah, to your shoes. They were attached to your shoes. They took them off at the end. I was uh, trying to figure out what was going on with that. I just thought they just took their shoes off. And I'm like, where are their shoes now? Well, they got to skate back to where they started and get their shoes back. Let's see. So the other thing that I know about this, because I, I thought this dance was interesting, so I've looked it up. Um, so uh, according to IMDb, the scene where they dance on roller skates took about 150 takes, Whoa. according to one of the VHS versions of the film. And at the end of it, where they like flop onto the lawn and then they like both look like uncomfortable and hurt. It's because they had flopped 15 earlier times and were actually in pain as they were doing that. And I thought I read somewhere, but I can't find it again, that like they were like, we're not taking off the roller skates until we're done with this scene. Like You have to just keep going and keep filming it until we have all the takes, and then we're taking them off and we're never doing it again. Like It was just like a whole thing. So Wow. Behind the scenes. Well, I mean, I wasn't there, so I'm not really sure I can say this really, but worth it oh yeah i mean i think so yeah it looked really good it's like iconic so after this they come up with the idea that they can't seem to put the rumors to bed that they're secretly married so they're like fuck it why don't we just go get married and then we can get divorced yeah Yeah. genius no really you flipped the script there (laughs) thought outside the box so they have this discussion too under the watchful gaze of a judgy cop (laughs) 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 it's just like standing there are a lot of people who just are like not part of the of anything who are just like judging the shit out of everything in this movie and yeah. like mind your fucking business dude <laughs> like Cecil fuck off Cecil <laughs> yeah, he had a way big part for being like the manager of the hotel he's not even the manager he's the floor manager he just like <laughs> helps people out on that floor of the hotel and he's not helping. He's actually really a pain in the ass throughout the whole film. <laughs> the one who said he was like, he's like, I know a lot of famous people. I'm very discreet. Yeah. 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 He is not discreet. Not at all. <laughs> and again, he's constantly fucking with their door. Get out of my room. <laughs> Get out. Anyway, so they go get married in New Jersey. While they're gone, Denise comes back, Lady Tarrington, and we remember what's kicked off this entire <laughs> Again, incredibly low stakes movie. <laughs> the whole previous hour and 40 minutes has been about Fred Astaire doesn't want to tell this chick he doesn't like her. <laughs> and the crazy hijinks that ensue. Yeah. So I, I thought she was a horrible actress. She was. She was really bad. So they are now married and they're on a ferry back to Manhattan and they are in their car on a boat and like in titanic are presented with the opportunity to consummate their marriage in mm-hmm. a car on a boat sadly do not take advantage of that opportunity it yeah. was a convertible and that would make it a little tough yeah, yeah that's that's true okay fair enough but uh we get the song uh what's the name i just wrote the way you hold your hat you song can't take that away from me you can't take that away from me okay yeah i've definitely uh, my grandfather like i said was super into musicals i'd heard him sing that so yeah. I'd heard it before, did not know it was from this movie. Um, so they get back to the hotel, and she's like, 
Well, that's like when he sings that song. That's like when he wins her over, isn't it? Because she was like crying at the end of it. Because they were just yeah. There was this was all a scheme yeah. until that point. Yeah, mm. I think so. That makes sense. I mean, I think I think he was growing on her with the whole roller skating dancing situation. Growing like a fungus, bear. Yeah, in the menagerie, he was winning her over with the power of dancing. Yeah, hmm. but they but she was crying when he was singing that song. It's about. true. That's the whole. And she was she was doing the acting while he was singing. Yeah, but they wind up back at the hotel and she's all like so you want to come inside <laughs> for a drink for a drink and he says no what about a cigarette no i just want to say thank you yeah no thanks you're welcome no. see ya what the fuck why what what is he doing he he's in love with her he's been he said at the beginning of the movie i love this chick and want to marry her and they're married. They are married now, and she's inviting him in. Why does he say no? I mean, so I guess technically they need to get him. They need to get them in separate rooms for the rest of, for the rest of it. But that was not a good reason. He was just like, nope. He's playing nah. hard to get. It's 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 not negging, but it's along the lines, right? He's playing hard to get now. But the I think game it's completely different from negging. Playing yeah. hard to get. Well, no, I I agree. I think it's just like along the same. Like it's like he's playing games with it to like get strategically where he wants to be but he doesn't need to play games anymore they're married and she's inviting him in the he's, game has been won he still has to convince her not to get divorced uh, i guess that's the plan yeah uh, but he, he was there he, yeah, he had it won it's he true. was there and then yeah, he like goes into the, his hotel room and just like anxiously waits for her to knock on the door well you know why because they needed another 30 minutes of the movie. oh that's definitely <laughs> why that's definitely why they just they were like yeah let's just Say no. His plan really should have been to wow her in the sack so much that she couldn't go through with the divorce. <laughs> yeah, it's another type of dancing. <laughs> it really is. Um, well, anyway, so fucking Denise shows up, and mm-hmm. when she opens the door between their two rooms to be like, "Hey, listen, you really should come in." That hussy Denise is in there, being all like, "Oh, would you like to uh, put your hand on my boobs?" <laughs> she's all like, "Who's this hussy?" Yeah, she's like, "I'm Denise." And everything goes south. Yeah. So she she takes off. She packs her bags and bounces. So before this happens, right before Denise comes in, there's a really cute shot of them both waiting by the adjoining door. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they're both waiting, like because like she, um, what's her name? Linda like puts the key in and it makes a noise and she jumps back and he jumps towards the door and they're like, and they're just sitting there for like a minute of like debating. Yeah. And I wonder That's if nice. that presages, like, there's a lot of that, like, uh, sort of, like, through the window of the adjoining room shots in mm-hmm. other movies. And I wonder if this did it first. I have no idea. Yeah. I thought that was... It was really I, nice I shot. It. it was a great yeah. shot. Yeah. I guess we can thank Mr. Sandwich for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely Mr. Sandwich. Okay. He is a good director after all. Yep. Um, I guess you could say, with Denise coming in between them, we have a bit of a... <laughs> love sandwich going on <laughs> anyway well, <laughs> denise and jim i feel like we don't see jim again for the rest of the movie he's there at the end right before with the divorce lawyer and then he disappears for their big last number oh yeah <laughs> he's just gone <laughs> so so when she's gone they still have to open the big show that's gonna save arthur's uh you know club on the top of the thing that um you know, uh, Peter is still going to be part of, uh, but without Linda now. Well, but- so the whole idea for the show. Sorry, I'm going to jump in and nerd out on the plot. Yeah. Um, so she was supposed to star in the show, 
Peter was supposed to go be in ballet, but um, the ballet place canceled on him because they're like, you're too scandalous and you're involved in this newspaper scandal. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Jeffrey and Arthur sort of had this like, okay, well, what if we put your guy in my club and we'll make this new show? And because I don't have Linda and you don't have the Met. So let's put this guy, this ballet person at my big band jazz club thing. But we still don't have Linda. Right. But so what's the solution to that? Well, Fred Astaire comes up with that one. Or sorry, Pete. Peter P. Peters yeah. has a plan yeah. to put masks on yeah. everybody. Because we all, we already... all wear Linda masks. <sighs> and they if make, I can't dance with one Linda. And they make the masks Linda. in like four hours, I think. I feel like it was like the next night. I, I feel like there were some, some like days or weeks in there, but. That's bad. Well, but they already yeah. have the Linda mannequin to work with. Right. That's the that's the whole thing they They've based got it the off molds. of. Yeah. They got the mold already. They're so weird looking. So weird looking. So he's like, if I can't dance with one Linda, I'll dance with dozens. Dozens of fake Lindas. Yeah. So the show opens and it's called Shall We Dance? Yeah. And it's this um Wait, so is the idea they put they can put Linda on the playbill anyways and she doesn't have to show up as long as they have masks? I don't think they like, did, the right? Because didn't no. they show us the... Yeah, they showed us the marquee and, and it's, oh, right. um, it's Harriet Hochter is oh, listed yeah, yeah, yeah. instead. Yep. Who, that's her real name. That She's is her real dancer. name. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know her, Emily? Uh, I looked her up because I felt like I should know her. So she has a fascinating history. Um, she did a bunch of vaudeville, was very famous there. Um, and she was first in... The movies in Gershwin's and American in Paris. Mm. So there is like an iconic ballet scene in that movie as well. And I'm betting it's her. But this, the interesting thing was there's something about like Gershwin specifically wrote the music in Shall We Dance for, yeah, he composed a symphonic orchestral piece specifically for Hochter in the film Shall We Dance. So that was like built for her. <laughs> well, it worked because she was awesome. Yeah, yeah, she was great. You know, contortion and yeah. well, you 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 called it out. Yeah, it was like contortion on point with like the most like amazing wavy arms I've ever seen. Yeah, and again, I, I have very little like technically to say beyond how cool it looked, but she was incredibly graceful. Mm-hmm. Like you know, she just seemed very like loose i don't know if they like you you talked about like being willowy and it just it did look almost like she was like blowing in the wind almost the way her arms moved yeah like just incredibly graceful uh very fluid and um there's one insanely cool bit where in a contortionist way she's bent completely over backwards so that her head is upside down looking back at the camera and then she's walking backwards towards the camera but also kicking her feet up yeah and not only does it look cool but i'm just imagining how fucking hard that must be yeah god (laughs) damn because you know you're doing it upside down yeah well and your balance point right so like the whole thing about being up on point is like you've got this like whole balance situation happening and you're just gonna like Bend over back, bend over backwards. Sorry, I just tried to do it in the chair, and <laughs> I'm not that flexible. There's a sudden crash <laughs> yeah. over the microphone. <laughs> you like bend over back, like you're. So you have to like pop your hips forward to like back counterbalance your head, and like yeah, that looks. It just looks amazingly hard. Plus, you're on point, so you're basically just like shoving your toes into wooden blocks, and like cause you're on your toes. Like that looked really hard. Yeah. I mean, it looked amazing. It looked really hard. It's the kind of thing where like. I, I was thinking, like, this is uh, what would be the subject of a viral YouTube video now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure it was, like, 
a signature move of hers. Like this isn't mm-hmm. something she came up with for this movie. Like this is like she's been working on that and she's like, hey, want to see a thing I can do? See it. What was the woman's name again who was doing the dancing with the contortion? Harriet Hockter. Harriet Hockter. So Dave and I caught her in the end credits mm. at the beginning of the movie. So the credits were at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Because this is like pre-Star Wars. Um, yeah. yeah. So credits were at the beginning. She was an, she was an Anne person. We're like, oh, either she's nobody or she's somebody. Right. And she was somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then we arrive at the weird ending. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, first... The surprise um, ending. Yeah. Surprise for Dave. I was like, this is definitely the end. <laughs> well, first we have this little thing where Cecil... Uh, uh, Linda sends a guy to serve divorce papers on um, fucking Peter, but uh, they send Cecil out to do it, and Cecil winds up accidentally going to jail over a misunderstanding. <laughs> we get that interminable scene. But anyway... Susquehanna, S-U-S-Q. Q, like in billiards. <laughs> B-I-L-L. Oh. L like in laughter. L A H H like in haughty. H E E E like in everything. There was, oh, L was larynx. Oh, I was like, larynx. who was a larynx? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, so Linda shows up at the premiere in order to serve the papers personally, and she sees the dance show with all of these dancers wearing her face. And Arthur points out that he said if he couldn't dance with her, he'd dance with her image or with something like that. Right? Yeah, that's not weird at all. Yeah, no, it's freaking creepy. Super stalker. <laughs> yeah, this is consistent. But yeah, what you have true. to understand is that it's actually very romantic. Oh, totally. <laughs> and she's so moved by it that she races backstage, gets into the outfit of one of the background dancers, and gets on stage herself and knows all the choreography. Yep, works into it seamlessly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, gets on stage, and uh, he finds her there, and they start dancing a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then they have uh, one last quickie number together. Yeah. And then that's it. That's the end. And it just goes goes to black. She has this huge smile on her face, like, da-da-da-da, black. Basically, the last, like, they do a quick little song being like, we got the last laugh in the end. Yep. The end. And (laughs) I was just like, what? The ending is so sudden. Like, she sees all the dancers with it's her all face. Up. It was all wrapped up. She's moved by the gesture, races backstage, dances with him for a hot second. They sing, like, two lines of a song, and then it's over. Yeah. What? Well, they were coming up on two hours there. <laughs> I mean, what else yeah. was there? <laughs> okay. But, but the movie has been two hours. Every little thing has taken 10 minutes longer than it needed to, and you skimp on the ending? <laughs> what else should they have done? I don't know. Just be so like... Gone, gone and broken Jim's heart? Like, ripped up right, the Jim's divorce sorry, papers in front of happen. him? Yeah. I don't know. Just like a, 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 a full song, a full dance. Like the dance, their dance together at the end. Like we get so much short. of a dance scene of... Like all these random people, the like Harriet Hopter, yeah. who was cool, but like we don't know who this chick is. I have no inv- <laughs> emotional investment in her. I have an emotional investment in the two of them. Give me a few minutes of the two of them dancing together. Give, give me a big climactic scene of them like making up through the power of dance. Yeah, you know, not like five seconds and like a quick couple lines, and then the end. 
happened? Like, <laughs> show me what happened with Art. What happened with Jeff? Like, I know it doesn't matter really, but like, it just ends. Well, I, I think this is similar to the Blade Runner episode where at the end, do they get divorced or does she marry Jim or do they get married? It's left up to the viewer to decide. Oh, oh yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and is he a replicant? Is he a replicant? Yeah, yeah. is, <laughs> is Fred Astaire a Cylon? I don't think he's a replicant. I think she I'm might pretty be. sure Linda's a replicant. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Like, all, all those masks, they yeah. were, like, there's Oh, that's how there were so many of, of her. Them. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's how they had the, the rep- replication of her to take the pictures with. My yeah, God. so this directly led into Blade Runner. This is an incredible film. And you'll <laughs> notice, too, that the director's name is Sandwich, and Edward James Olmos eats a sandwich in Blade Runner, <laughs> which is a deliberate callback. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Mind blown. <laughs> and so that's just the fucking end. So I guess my question is, in movies of this time period, did directors consider people's emotional investment or was it just about like, I'm showing you cool stuff and this like, so I guess my thought is like, and I'm, I'm probably vastly like, I don't know, speaking down to people who were alive in the 30s, but like. It's like, what are you going to do for entertainment? Well, we'll go to a movie. So if they're going to go to a movie this week, right, like it better have everything. So it better have like slapstick comedy. It better have some romance, better have some great dancing and some singing. Like it's like all in one entertainment and we just have to entertain them for two hours. And and then it's like wrapped up. It's like a big, big fun time. It's got boats. It's got planes. (laughs) It's got roller skates. Oh, yeah. It's got a guy who's secretly gay. It's got a lady who knows how to dance. It's got everything you could possibly want in a film. Does it have a satisfying ending? No, sirree, it does not. <laughs> well, they got ending. together. They're happy. I guess. We didn't see ho, Jim's ho, ho. heart broken. They had the last laugh now. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. That's the line. That's but Santa. ho, 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 who's got the last laugh now? Uh, Wait, that's from this movie? Yeah, that's what they sang. At the very end? They said, we'll never be together. They laughed at us and how. But ho, 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 who's got the last laugh now? All right. It might be o o o, but... Were they really saying that? It might be o o o. They it's didn't say O-O-O. that they would never get together. They were saying they were together. That was the song. <laughs> That's the song she sings before they have the dance where she stands there in the flower dress. She sings that whole song. Oh, And then they I bring see. him up to dance with her. And so then they reprise it at the end. But it's about them this time. Maybe I we see. should watch this again. It's not like there's a lot of nuance that we <laughs> Really subtle film. <laughs> layers and layers. It is like Blade Runner, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have a ton for post-film, but what I do have is that this movie had a budget of $991,000. Whoa. I know. Oh, damn. Which back then was That's the big. equivalent of about $9 billion <laughs> in today's money. But it did not. Is that an actual number? Or did you years? the Holy the budget shit. is what it is, but I don't know what it translates. To okay, okay. It's yeah. <laughs> like, um, it, I mean, yeah, it's I'm doing the math here. It's really high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got some conflicting info on how much it made. So I saw that its box office was either a little over two point one million dollars. Wikipedia also said that its profit was only about $400,000. Either way, uh, its profit was not very high, and it was less than half what the last Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers movie had made. Mm. So it was not considered to be particularly commercially successful, and it was also taken as a sign that um, the Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers duo was losing its mass market appeal. Yeah. Yeah. So 
weirdly for how like kind of culturally significant this film is given that like i was familiar with like a scene from the movie some songs from the movie like a, a little bit of, tomato tomato yeah <laughs> and also just sort of like the general like astaire rogers like archetypes that seem to like really i mean maybe they're the same in all of them but like really come through with this um wasn't super successful in its time um but yet you know i guess since then i mean you watched it a ton it seems to have reached reached forward in time <laughs> my professor they got at loved least, it they got at least you know 50 bucks out of me as a kid <laughs> yeah so your mom must be a big fan of this if you yeah. saw you didn't just like see on the shelf oh no it. yeah no my mom introduced me to all the, i mean like i have a i have a love of like this kind of uh this kind of movie musicals period pieces right i mean my mom and i had a great time watching those growing up like it was really lovely um and uh, so on Rotten Tomatoes, this has an 89% from critics and its audience score is 85%. So people hey, hey. do like it. That's pretty solid. Though I do question Rotten Tomatoes for anything older than Rotten Tomatoes has been around. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I found some reviews. Uh, not a lot of them are contemporaneous to the film. Okay. But um, here's what I've got. So Ann Ross for McLean's Magazine said... The comedy is bright, the pace light and fast, disagree. (laughs) (laughs) And the dancing of the two stars seems to go right on improving up to and beyond perfection. The plot itself might be the plot of any of their pictures, its chief function being to bring the two together and provide large, cleared spaces for big special effects numbers. But, you know, still pretty good. Josh Larson, who's someone from today, wrote... um, this is an Astaire's Rogers vehicle that is saved by supporting players Eric Bloor and Edward Everett Horton. <laughs> and those are the guys who play Jeffrey uh, and um, Cecil. Yes. Wow. You really did see this a bunch. Eric, didn't you? Eric Bloor is Cecil. The I'm going to Jeffrey. I am going to go on record saying my favorite guy was Arthur. Yeah. I thought he was great. Oh, he was a stooge, right? He was, he was uh, her friend who is her gay friend. Oh, yeah. He was pretty good. Yeah. I like Jeffrey. Dude, Jeffrey was funny. Arthur was fucking awesome. I, yeah. No, you're right. Um, so on the on the negative side, Rory L. Aronsky, writing for Film Threats, said, The plot is what makes this Astaire-Rogers pairing frustrating. The dances are slightly undercut by that. There's kind Fair. of a lack of plot that, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yep. Anyway, um, here's one last kind of interesting thing that I found, which is that for as technically skilled and proficient as Fred Astaire was with dancing, apparently he was never that comfortable with ballet mm. and I have heard this. his goal with this film was to try and create a like modern mesh of ballet with more modern dance styles i mean it's sort of what the character is looking to do yeah. too right um but he ultimately wasn't 100 percent satisfied with how this came out like he didn't feel like he was totally successful with that but i mean you know that's also not you know, that's only in a couple of the dance numbers in this, too. Yeah. So I think there are other... And I do think that, you know, that's basically, like, a couple of the early bits and the very last dance number that we're talking about. And I do think those are the, some of the weaker ones. My favorite dance numbers would be, like, the roller skate one and the one where uh, she's in the floral dress. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe also the one on the boat, too, even though he's alone in that one. Yep. So, anyway, and also... um AFI ranked Let's Call the Whole Thing Off as number 34 on their 100 Years 100 Songs list. <laughs> Maybe just because it's so fucking sticky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God damn. 
But anyway, so guys, what did we think? I, Emily, I think we know what you think of the movie. I, I she wasn't actually sure. did it hold yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, I was impressed at how well it held up. It held up better than some of the others that I've watched recently. But, um, you know, there were those couple of points where I was like, yeah, that didn't age great. But I was smiling the whole time and I was entertained. And Eric is correct. I do have an issue with movies that are longer than an hour and a half. And I, it didn't actually feel super long to me. I was like, I'm enjoying this. This is great. So, um, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Right Still, on. cool. Eric, oh yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I just I don't like dance movies. The plows. I mean, there are parts that I liked, but I was like, eh. on the better later never spectrum. I guess we're going with a never then. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. glad I know who Fred Astaire is now. Mm. Because I, I think I said something earlier. Like, wasn't he in Greece? It was actually a Frankie and Annette. I mean, I'm glad I saw it because Emily looks excited about it. Now we can talk about it. But like, yeah. I'm not going to recommend it to anybody except when they watch this podcast. But hey, make sure you watch that movie. Mm. Maybe you'll know what that we're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what to say yet. I yeah. So I guess some of my fears did come true, uh, like with older movies that like things were too slow it's it's a two-hour film and there was very little plot and things happened where scenes would take five or six minutes when they could have taken one or maybe even not have <laughs> happened or maybe they could have been a shot you know <laughs> but at the same time there was stuff in this that was really good all the dance scenes were great and fred astaire and ginger rogers are really good mm-hmm. especially again frankly ginger rogers yeah mm-hmm. Like, Fred Astaire is great in the dancing scenes, and he is, like, charming. Yeah, he's fun. But I just, like, found myself enjoying her the most, Yeah, frankly. You know, but I also, it, it you know, I, I have said that I thought it was too long, but I didn't also didn't feel like it was interminable. Like, I've watched movies where they were long, and I have sat there and been like, oh my god, when is this movie going to fucking end? Tree like, I life. never... <sighs> I haven't seen that one, but oh, like which I've had say? Tree of Life. Oh, yeah. Like I never looked at my watch. You yeah, know, like it, yeah. It, it was a little long, and I felt like it was slow paced. I mean, and I'm a little. You, you yeah. checked uh, an hour in. Well, but that was because that's when the first dance with the two of them happened, okay, and gotcha. I thought it came too late gotcha, in the movie, yep. and yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. to note when it came. Yeah, and I do think that, and I do think the movie's too paced too slow yep. for yeah. you know my taste. Mm-hmm. Um. But it it wasn't as bad as I feared it might be. And there was a lot I did like about it. But that being said, you know, I don't know if this is a movie where I would just up and watch a movie like this without having the corresponding kind of like academic isn't the right word. Yeah. But like nerdy film interest. Yeah. So I'm kind of struggling on how to weigh in. I think I'm going to say that this is a better late because yeah. I have, you know, been, you know, I knew who Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers were, and I've always sort of wanted to, like, you know, at least become a little more familiar with that. And that's, you know, that was the goal here, yeah. right? And also, you know, there was the thing that my freaking law professor said, like, <laughs> this is the best, the best dancer in Hollywood history. And, like, I knew that freaking rarity from My Little Pony, Brony for Life, baby, um, had, like, you know, this golden age of Hollywood accent. And I like seeing sort of, like, what I'm pretty sure that's being modeled off of. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I am better off for having seen this film. Nice. And I did enjoy watching it. So I having worked through that now, <laughs> I am going to vote better late. Love it. 
Yeah. So I did think the production quality was better than I expected. Did it live up to Wizard of Oz? I thought it was better. I mean, so Wizard of Oz has color and all that stuff. Mm. But as far as like the backgrounds, like it looked like they were like they actually shot it in Central Park. Um, I'm not sure if they did, but it didn't. Know I'm like, yeah. I can't tell if this is fake, but like when they look to the right, there's a bunch of buildings and that's where those buildings are. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, but it could have been a picture. Who knows? But that was well done. Yeah. Um, but I have, I have a different theory about why you guys like it and I don't. Okay. Uh-huh. And this, this might take yeah. a couple minutes, just so you know. I thought the episode was going to end. We're going to keep going. So <laughs> I was out a little late last night. Okay. okay. So was Emily. Yeah. Um, so went to the North End for dinner. We got some, got some drinks first. Um and then we went to this restaurant, but we got it. We had a full bottle of wine, which is a lot for us. Um, and I thought we were almost done with it, and we weren't. <laughs> and so the point of this story. So yeah. Emily was there too, but whatever. I'm a little hungover. I drank half a bottle of wine last night. Um, but Emily is sick, so she had Dayquil, and Dave I think just wanted an upper, <laughs> so he also had Dayquil. <laughs> I have been fighting a head cold all week. I had a legitimate reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's Feeling a good point very thick you know <laughs> yeah. up, up top so my theory is that you guys are both hopped up on dayquil so you're in great mood <laughs> and you're like this movie's awesome i'm like i am so fucking bored right now <laughs> oh my there's god. nothing going on oh my god and then this part when ginger rogers like dancing didn't you fucking love it and then fred astaire comes in and he's like tapping all over the place i fucking loved it it's so good oh my god right and i'm like dozing off in the movie like oh god this is awful <laughs> well i was gonna i was actually gonna mention the dayquil earlier and just point out that while I am taking Dayquil right now, this is not the first time I've taken Dayquil, so I'm like a Dayquil pro, unlike one of your previous guests. Yeah, that's true. And we never got a we never got an answer on what he thought of it. I'm gonna have to bring him back. <laughs> just right. have him do a quote at the end of this. Well, that's fair enough. It could be that it's because of the uppers that were just so, <laughs> just so amped on this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, just so good. Can't get enough of it, man. <laughs> Well, audience, I guess you're going to have to watch the film yourself yeah. and decide who's right. Take Dayquil first. <laughs> you can choose to do that or not, but you're going to have to weigh in. Is it better late or is it never? Is it is Eric right or David Emily right? Woo-hoo. Please contact us and let us know at betterlate underscore pod on Twitter, or you can email us at betterlatethaneverpod at gmail.com. Guys, it was great having you. Yeah, this yeah, is awesome. Fun. And... Hope to have you again on another one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And until then, guys. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Let's call the whole thing off. Let's go get some air Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.